does Babel Bear even mean? It means he's an idiot. You're listening to the Babel Bear podcast, and let's talk about it. What I really wanted to work for this background was these RGB lights, and they're really not showing up as much as I wanted to, but that's okay. RGB lights are those the the like the red glow that you're getting? Yeah, I was gonna try and get it to show up a little better than it is. I mean, it's underneath the desk though, so it can only go so I far. Can, I, I can, can see it pretty easily. Plus, in, in contrast to like my blue background, I think it pops out a little bit more. Yeah, well, I'm glad you noticed it. That's 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 all that matters. Well, Josh, this is the podcast where we like to drink craft beer and talk about stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you brought a craft beer. What did you bring with you today? So I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't normally drink beers. I, I, For some reason, I do love White Claws. But for you, Mikey, Ooh. I brought some beers today, okay? Okay. I brought, I brought three different beers, uh, two that I've had before, one that I've never had before. Um, so the first – I'm only going to be drinking – two of these probably i will probably won't drink all three but the first one is uh dos Equis. i normally Classic. have these yeah i normally have these around uh like ball games or ufc fights um that's kind of my go-to when it comes to any ufc fight. i love ufc man let me tell you um also i brought an angry orchard uh another one of my favorite uh drinks i haven't drank a lot of beer so this is like one of my entry beers that i've had and it's been pretty good to me. And then the beer that I've never had, biggest cardinal sin of them all, man, that I'm going to try tonight for you for the first time. I'm breaking the bush light virginity. You have not had a bush light yet? Oh, it's a Cornicom too. So, yeah. It's so great. And I'll try that first thing too, just, just for you. And uh, if I don't like it, then I'm just going to move on to the other beers. So Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. You, so you, what? You got a you got Bush Light, which is going to be your typical, nice, crisp, light lager. Um, Dos Equis is similar, but de- de- obviously it's uh, of um, Mexican descent. I'm pretty sure Dos Equis is out of Mexico. Um, and Mexican yeah. lagers are very similar to the American light lagers, but there's you can taste it. I, I don't know exactly what plant or uh, what word am I working for here. Um not malt, but uh hop. I don't know what kind of hops they use in it that makes it taste different. And right. then your cider ciders are interesting because they're the sugar compound is so in beer, what makes up the sugar that the yeast eats to make alcohol is typically uh malt sugar. While in ciders, they also it is malt sugar, but then they use a lot of influences of flavors, like obviously apple is gonna be a big one. Yeah, 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 two lagers and a cider. I brought yeah. something interesting. This is the first time I've had this style of beer on the show yet. I don't even know if, if you've heard of it. This is called the uh, the Devil's Backbone, and it's a Belgian-style triple. I think a guest of mine had, one, had a triple before. Okay. So triples are interesting because they're typically super complex in flavors, kind of like quads mm-hmm. are. Uh, lots of times they're barrel-aged because when you barrel-age a beer – it gets all the flavors of whatever wood it's in. Typically, if you do like a bourbon barrel, it's going to have that kind of a bourbon taste on the back burn. Um, for this one, I don't know if it was barrel aged or not, but I know pretty much all triples are super high alcohol content. I believe this one is like a 12% beer, um, but they're super flavorful too. So it's one of those type of beers you definitely want to sip them. Right, right. 
Um, for my Dosekis, I definitely brought a lime, so I'm probably going to have to cut into that once I get Ooh. that Dosekis out. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was very intimidated when you, uh, when you said you wanted me to bring some drinks and talk about, talk about or I, I watched your other podcasts, and uh, you know a lot about these alcoholic beverages, and I don't know shit, man. I just drink them. <laughs> no, I mean, it comes with the trade. I picked like the most like specifically uh, specific to me job in the world, which I work for a movie theater that also is a full dining restaurant and also it makes its own beer. And I have to be able to talk about all three of those things. So, right. It works out good. Well, should I give it a taste? See what it, uh, break this virginity. Let's try try that Bushman. Cheers to you, sir. Um, yeah, I can get with that. That's that's nice, actually. Yeah, they're pretty easy drinking. I would say if you're not much of a beer drinker, uh, Bush Light can be a hard one to like, get into. But if you start, like, if your first beers you drink is like Bud Light or Miller Light, Bush Light's like, you can easily switch over to it. Now, if you're more of, like, an Angry Orchard drinker or, like, a, a Red's Apple Ale, the cutting out the sweetness, that takes a little bit more of a of a turn there. Yeah, but I think the Dos Equis kind of prepared me for this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. actually i just did yeah i did bush light for one of the podcasts uh not too long ago yeah we don't got those cool corn on the cob ones down here in texas yeah it's a tall boy uh i i didn't even buy this thing uh i told my boss what i was doing tonight i told him i was doing oh, really? a podcast and one of the requirements for the podcast was to bring beer and he laughed and he's like well i'm buying these tall boys after, I'll, i'm buying these tall boys after work uh and i'll let you have one and i was like seriously i mean I was, I was like, I don't know, man. Should I try Bush Light tonight? It's tonight the night that I actually try these things. And sure, I was like, why not? Uh, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, uh, you breaking the barrier, <laughs> especially not being much of a of a beer drinker and stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm not gonna lie. I was gonna judge this thing hardcore, but there's really not a whole lot bad to say about it. I love the carbonation in this thing, actually. So that's it's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're very crisp. They don't really have much of a flavor. It's a good old uh, when you go to like a country concert and you need something to quench your thirst type of a drink. Yeah, this yeah, actually for, sure. um, for a triple this I'm kind of surprised this is not nearly as a uh, as boozy as most of the triples I've had before. Um, as almost like a like a uh, I want I want to say banana, but I doubt that's what they're going for. <laughs> weird, feel like that I'm, is weird. I'm doing them. I'm doing them dirty. Almost tastes kind of like a like a, a, a you know like a blonde blonde beer a lots of those have typically like a banana ish flavor to the background i talk like i'm so mm. smart about this shit and i'm really not anyone who watches this podcast and actually uh knows a fuck about craft beer is going to call me out on everything i'm talking about i don't know a damn thing and i'll be straight up with them right now you you are blowing me away right now with all these facts <laughs> I mean, it's a it's just a it's a fun little pastime man I think I talked about it in one of my other podcasts, so I won't go too much into it. But uh, did you know uh, before World War II, America mainly drank what we now think is craft beer, like ales and stuff like that was the main um, like alcohol consumption. And it really? was hmm. until all the soldiers left to go to Europe in the 1940s, where they were introduced to German style lagers. Now, what the difference between like a lager and your typical ale is that lagers take a lot longer to brew they take about like four weeks to two months depending on what kind it is and the biggest difference there is that they have bottom settling yeast 
compared to top selling like ales do. And your difference there is think of it like tea. If you put all your tea at the top of your liquid and it flows through or say like coffee, you're gonna have a lot more flavor, right? But if it just sits on the bottom for a while, it's not going to get much flavor, but you're still going to get all that alcohol and a little bit of the, of the flavor and the, the hop and malt taste. And they were super easy to drink. So of course, everyone loved them. We brought them back to the States and that's basically how hmm. all the major beer companies turned into lager makers, you know, Bud Light, Bush Light, Miller Light, Dos Equis, Corona, all of them became lagers instead of having, you know, triples and stouts and porters and all the other styles. But I'm I've sure. tried a porter. Um, I, I dumped that shit right down the drain. It's <laughs> it too takes, much for me, man. Um, I would, I definitely recommend starting out with stouts over porters. I think stouts tend to have more of like a, like, like Guinness and stuff like that. They tend more have like a coffee flavor or chocolatey flavor, a little more smoke while porters have a bit more of that, like hoppy bitterness to them. Um, no, okay. I, yeah, I've just been, I've been doing this stuff. Basically as soon as I turned 21, I was already working for the brewery. And as soon as I turned 21, I'm like, I want to try everything and know about everything and, and go from there. Right. I was told to try Corona if I like Dos Equis, So that's probably next on my list to try. Oh yeah. You like Corona for sure. Uh, Dos Equis and Corona. I almost put them neck and neck. Uh, you also need to try a, a Spanish beer called um, Stella Artis. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I know I'm going to get a comment down below if I just said that wrong. Um, try them <laughs> or also uh, you would, I bet you would really like Heineken. Heineken is, I want to say it's, it's not German. Yeah, it's a German beer. I think it's a German lager, uh, but you've heard of Heineken. They're another big name brand, but they're, they're amazing. Uh, I think if yeah. you like, if, especially if you like Dos Equis, cause Dos Equis comes in that green bottle, Heineken does as well. Mm. And the color of the bottle can change how a beer tastes. And so both Heineken and Dos Equis taste somewhat similar because they have the same color bottle or again, mm. I'm full of shit and people are going to call me out in the comments. Um, I, I wanted to try Corona because that's what people have been telling me to try. Now that you've said Heineken, I might put that on my list. But another beer that has been on my watch list lately has been Modelo because um, Modelo is a huge sponsor for uh, for UFC. And I mean, if if I'm watching UFC, that's another good one. Get that a try. Yeah. So. Pretty much, yeah, man. If you like Dos Equis, you're gonna like all of those uh, those more uh, Hispanic style uh, loggers. Corona, all right. Modelo. Um, Stella is in Hispanic. It's, it's from it's from Spain, but it's in a similar ballpark flavor wise, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I bet you'd like all of those. Um, that being said, okay. if you can't tell already, we you are watching the Babble Bear podcast where we talk about uh, stuff that we're not qualified to talk about, and we drink craft beer. Today, I'm joined by my good buddy um, Josh, or his YouTube name Jurish Plays. Uh, thanks, man, for being on the podcast today. Absolutely, I was so happy that you. Uh, wanted to do this with me. I, I'm I'm stoked to be here. I'm looking forward to it, dude. I have a million more questions I want to ask you about everything in regards <laughs> to what you've been doing on YouTube. So that all being said, let's talk about it. Did Holmes Gillett? Um, oh, oh, I got you. The button quicker than that. is on the inside. I cannot do that right now. <laughs> Heard no no unboxing for the podcast. It's kind of like a, what's his name from uh, Jimmy Neutron, the kid who collected all the uh, action figures. Was it Sean? Sean? Yeah, 
Sheen or yeah. Sean? I think it was Sheen. I think you're right. Wow, that that shows old, man. I yeah, I just dusted off a of memory there, didn't I? Yeah. Crap. Brain blast. I had a brain blast the other day. I can't remember what <laughs> it was now. Was that his thing? I was thinking about that today because I had like a eureka moment and I was like, oh, what was that called in Jimmy Neutron when he did that? Was it Brain Blast? Yeah. yeah what was the superhero's name? That Sheen slash Sean. Oh, man. I don't remember, to be honest with you. Yeah. I cannot remember. If only there was like a, a device where we could just look up information that we need. Yeah. They, they need Do you remember the, that? There was, a, there was a superhero in the Fairly Odd Parents as well. Well, uh, with the big chin, I can't remember oh, what his name was either. Dude, you're killing me. We're gonna keep doing this. <laughs> was it uh, oh, crap? I don't know what his name was now. It's a good thing, yeah. Really wish we had those devices that right? uh, that we could look stuff up. I wish there was right? a magical thing. Um, there's this uh, stamp comedian named Nate something rather, I forget his last name. Oh man, I'm just spacing out today. Um, but he has a joke about if he was were, were to go back to the past. And he's like, I'll be honest, like, I'm so dumb. I don't think I could prove I was from the future. Like, I go in the past and see, like, an old telephone. And I'll be like, oh, you know, like, that's, uh, you're not going to have a wire. And it's going to be, like, a screen where you see faces on it and stuff. I'll be like, oh, really? Like, how's that work? He goes, oh, man, I have uh, no idea how that works. <laughs> I, think it, I think it, like, connects to, a, to like, a satellite. I'll be like, what's a satellite? Goes, I shouldn't have even brought that up. Uh, metal. It's metal, I think, that goes in the sky. It's a great bit. <laughs> okay, so I think I got our superheroes here. The Crimson Chin was from... Uh, Crimson Chin, yep. And he had like a bunch the... of variations of himself too. I thought it was the coolest thing in that show. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jimmy Neutron. Um, was he purple? Yeah. Let me see here. It's not you kept exactly... bringing in a new one for the show and tell, right? Yeah. Um, it's not exactly being... Ultra Lord. I think that's Ultra what his Lord. name was. That yeah. sounds familiar. That sounds right. Yeah, those are our names. So, Josh, I was having to think back when um, getting like prepped and ready for us to do this podcast tonight. When slash how do we become friends? Well, specifically, okay. I know how, and that was through Marvel movies. But I don't, I don't really remember how it all like how it all clicked. So we became friends in middle school. I remember being really good buddies with you in middle school. But in high school, freshman year, uh, I remember going over to your house one time for Darkland Studios. And uh, do you remember that very well? Yeah, yeah. QN, like that's the, that was my first taste of YouTube stardom, man. Yeah, that was extremely cool. From that moment on, I was inspired to do more shit like that. And uh, I think sometime after that or before that, we ended up going to see, what was it? Iron Man 3 as a, as a yeah. group of people. Mm-hmm. Cause we were all hyped for it. And we kept, I remember we kept seeing each other like trailers and memes and different things we thought were going to happen. Like the, the months before it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think to this day, sea money is still pissed that kale ruined that movie for him mm-hmm. by telling him too many spoilers. Yep. So <laughs> it was I don't remember, I don't remember if, uh, if kale, if I asked him to tell me, but he had, had he had heard the, uh, the, no, I guess it's not a spoiler anymore. If you haven't seen it, you're probably not going to see it. So I don't care. Um, that the uh, I want I keep wanting to say the Mandalorian. It's not the Mandalorian. It's the Mandarin. Uh, was actually like an actor, and Ben Kingsley isn't the uh, Mandarin mm-hmm. whatsoever. And Kale told me that, and I was like, "Really? Like that really sucks." And then as the movie turned on, and he was so captivating in the beginning of it, 
like, ready yeah. for another lesson? I was so in. I'm like, dude, there's no way he's fake. Yeah. Like, he's true badass of a villain. This is by far the coolest villain they've ever done. And then they ruined it. And like, that's the yeah. thing that bugged me. It's like, that could have been a cool concept to do. But if you're going to do that concept, don't make the character that's fake that cool. Because compared to yeah. Thanos, like, they're neck and neck, in my opinion, for how intense they, t- they were, how they stole every scene he would walk into. I mean, it was, it was a big bummer for me, honestly. Yeah, I actually watched Iron Man 3 with uh, my, my previous roommate that I had. It was his first time going through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we watched Iron Man 3, and the biggest letdown for him was that Pepper was an absolute badass in the final scene. Like, that just shouldn't have happened like that. Like, you know, she was kind of unleashed extremely quick, you know, without any training, I guess. Mm. I get that. Well, she also had, like, she had, like, superpowers, though, you know? Like, the they, they infused her with the whatever. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that is something to think about. But with, uh, I mean, I suppose the biggest thing that he didn't take away is, like, where did she learn how to do all this stuff? So, I mean... It was his first time watching the movies, you know. Of course, there's going to be some uh, some floppy moments in each movie that you watch. I mean, look at the Hulk. I mean, think yeah, of right. Hulk movie. Shit. That's my thing. Like, uh, I'm, I hate. I'm going to be that guy who's like, I say something. I'm like, like the kind of the guy who goes, "Hey, not to be racist," but then they say something that's clearly racist. I legitimately mean. I'm not trying to be sexist whatsoever. Um, I really do encourage there to be strong female superhero characters. I think I'm, you know, I'm 100% down for it. I, I didn't really strike me as all when Pepper Potts rocked it. Cause I was like, Oh, she has, you know, super, super abilities now. And it wouldn't really throw me for a loop that, you know, happy or Tony was teaching her how to fight for herself. That wouldn't really bug me at all. Um, right. Pretty much the only character that really kind of bums me out is Captain Marvel. And it's 100% because of Brie Larson. Um, and people have pointed this out too because Brie Larson, they say like, oh, the reason why so many guys don't like her is because she's so confident in herself and she's like questioning their masculinity and they and they and they feel uh, some low self esteem because of that. And I don't disagree. I believe those guys are out there, but for me personally, it isn't that. It's that she's very self centered. If you watch like all of her interviews with the other actors and stuff like that, she constantly rephrases things to make herself sound cooler than them. Mm. and it's not really for a comical effect she's just kind of saying it like there's one with her and chris hemsworth chris hemsworth keeps trying to have like a fun time with the interview um he he does like belittle himself at multiple points about how thor isn't that cool in certain ways and yeah it keeps you like Bree says something about like clearly captain marvel's the strongest character and he was like ah i don't know about that and then like it like (laughs) and he kept joking but she was like actually serious about like no you're wrong i'm right um I don't know. It's weird. I just advise for you to watch like all the weird interviews themselves. But after seeing that and some of the other comments she's made about uh, superhero about her character in general to compare to the rest of them, it feels very unwarranted. Like she hasn't really earned her place to say those things. Uh, to me, a good right. example of someone who's really rocked it out as a strong female character is Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like by far, she is the best out of all the uh, DCU superheroes in my opinion right now. I mean, Batman got close for me. Henry Cavill got close, but I think Wonder Woman is taking it leaps and bounds. She is rocking that character. I still need to see that movie, so don't say too much about that. The first Wonder Woman? You didn't see it? Nah, I haven't. Uh-uh. Dude, I'm, oof, I'm telling you. It's basically everything I wanted Captain America to be and more. I'm not going to lie. The whole, ever since uh, Batman versus Superman kind of, 
was trying to compete with uh, Marvel. It was just a big turnoff for me. And popping out a Justice mm-hmm. League movie, like during uh, uh, when did Justice League come out? Around the time of Avengers two, I think. Uh, around no. that time, no, no Civil War. It was Civil War. It was no Batman. Batman versus Superman came out near Civil War because originally oh, okay. they were both booked for the same weekend. Originally both, okay. uh, it, and they only called it Captain America three. They didn't call it Civil War. And it was like Captain America three, Batman versus Superman. And everyone uh-huh. at that time was talking so much shit to the MCU. Like you guys are nuts. You think people are going to pick to see Captain America compared to seeing the best fight that's ever happened. And then mm. like a month later, they finally said, okay, let's shut them up. Or first, the DC company, they decided to push their weekend back. And everyone was so confused. Like, why would you guys do that? You clearly have the better movie. Like, no one would care about the Marvel one. And then Marvel released Captain America 3 Civil War. And everyone was like, ah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was extremely excited to see Civil War was going to be a thing. Um, if it, it, before that, it was uh, almost called something else. Something Serpent. But I don't remember exactly what it was called. Um, but yeah, the whole DC universe has kind of turned me off. However, I did see that you posted a video of you reviewing a trailer, seeing or possibly get, I haven't watched your video yet for the next Batman movie. Exactly. Have you seen the trailer? Um, yeah, I watched the trailer. I, okay. uh, I think uh, last year, I think it was last year. No, maybe it was this year. Maybe I watched the, the first Batman trilogy uh, for the first time. And, oh, the Christopher uh, Nolan trilogy? Yeah. Dude. Yeah is fucking awesome um i i cannot wait to see uh um this new batman i know it's got uh, robert pattinson in it and at first i was like uh, twilight guy really i mean i don't really know how that's gonna go but i mean uh i didn't really care to see ben affleck as batman so i mean maybe robert pattinson would surprise me and i watched the trailer and wow like this this is dark, you know, this is, uh, I hope they don't try too hard to get too close to the Christopher Nolan movies, but shit, I'm stoked yeah. for it. Dude, uh, yeah, I'm beyond excited. After I watched, um, I already forgot his name. I don't want to call him Edward because it's not his name, but I keep going back to it. Oh, Robert uh, Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie The Lighthouse. It's uh, like a kind of like a Sundance horror movie. It has him and uh, uh, the guy Green Goblin from Spider-Man. I'm so bad with names today, man. I'm spacing <laughs> out really bad. Green um, Goblin. The, from oh. the first Spider-Man movie, Green Goblin. Will, William Defoe. William Defoe. Okay. Um, it's Robert Pattinson and him in this movie called The Lighthouse, and it's kind of like this slow <laughs> burn horror movie. Dude, he knocks out of the park. It is one of the most like real performances. Like I got, like I was behind his back. And after I saw that movie, I was like, he could do Batman. He he's gonna rock Batman. Um, yeah, I just actually I just watched Tenant like two days ago because I live in Texas and our movie theaters are back open and obviously I work for a movie theater so I gotta see Tenant uh-huh. and again rocks out of the park and Tenant is directed by Christopher Nolan who created that Batman trilogy. So to me, I thought it was so cool that his project before becoming Batman was doing a project with Christopher Nolan because and I don't know if they had a conversation about it. I like to imagine they did, where essentially Christopher Nolan kind of like sends him off to go do his thing um yeah i'm i'm so excited i i yeah i broke down that trailer in the in the podcast i had with my friend tristan and then i decided i'm gonna start a new series where i take clips out of the podcast of very specific things we discuss and i was like we have to 
pull out the the Batman trailer breakdown. Right. Um, I uh, I love Christopher Nolan movies. Actually, I I watched. Uh, I think the first Christopher Nolan movie I watched was Interstellar, and then I watched uh, Inception. Dude, Inception. I can't believe I waited so long to watch that movie. I just watched that this year for the first time. There's a lot of movies that I've watched for the first time. Star Wars. That was last year that I watched for the first time. Um, I was late to the Star Wars train too. I think I but, uh, started watching them like a year or two ago. Right. And Tenet has been on my list of movies that I got to watch because I've seen, I've seen Interstellar. I've seen the Batman trilogy, Inception, Dunkirk. You know, I have got to see Tenet now. So uh, have you seen the prestige yet? No, I have not seen the prestige. Okay. I'm going to be the first to tell you like right after the dark Knight movie for, in my opinion, my opinion, for Christopher Nolan movies, the prestige is next. Um, I don't disagree. I think Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet, they all have like this cool sci-fi thing to them. And I really like them. And they're very interesting. And they're very complicated. And you need to watch them a few times. Same, same for Memento. But dude, the prestige with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale has such a, like a human base to it. Like these guys compete. Like, so I don't, if you don't know the basic synopsis of the movie, I want to say it takes place in like the either early 1900s, mid 1800s in i want to say new york and it's these two magicians that are battling against each other but it's oh, like and they're like the best magicians and so it's like a deep dive into the, their psyche and this competition they have with each other where like you know uh not to spoil too much but essentially like they are physically harming each other they're harming their their loved ones and like some crazy science fiction stuff gets pulled into it some crazy mystery and like detective work gets pulled into it it's, it's such such a good movie man and andy circus said- is in it too so Oh, Andy Serkis as well. Andy Serkis so Andy Serkis. Uh, uh, Bowie. Bowie's in it too. So Andy Serkis, Christian Bale, and what was that other actor you said? Um, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. What? All th- That's crazy. I, I, I can't believe I've actually missed that. I'm going to have to watch that now because I, I love all those actors. And uh, Michael Michael Caine's in it because Michael Caine's in every uh, Christopher Nolan movie, I swear. And then, is that the guy that plays uh, um, Alfred. Albert or Alfred? Yeah. Yeah. He's great too. <laughs> I know, that's actually the B knockoff is when they name him Albert. Yeah. I couldn't remember. It was Al something. Okay. So don't judge me. I just watched the Batman movies. I, I'm still kind of getting the hang of it. No problem. I think uh, they're great. And again, Christopher Nolan movies are absolutely amazing. He's up there for my favorite directors and writers. He hasn't, he hasn't won me quite over it. Cause I have a few personal quarrels with his movies. Um, mm-hmm. But I know I'm going to get like blacklisted on the internet. If I, if I discuss again, he's one of my favorites. He's in my top five, but yeah, he's, I have he's reasons. He's not my number one. Yeah. Um, uh, back to how we met, actually, I have to say, uh so i think freshman year we were still pretty tight um sophomore year through senior year i'm not gonna lie i was a little bitter bitch and i don't know if i liked you as much uh for those years just because you kind of you found your niche with uh with um doing plays and whatnot i can't think of the actual term uh but yeah, I I, I, w- I went to the art department and did art things with Kale and some other people. And you uh, went and did acting. And I was like, shit, he kind of got his own little group and I got my own little group. I mean, I wasn't going to downright say I hated you in high school, but we definitely didn't talk much after freshman year. 
And yeah. it's kind of interesting that uh, you, uh, you also did WCTV in high school. And I didn't touch WCTV. I don't know why, but uh, WCTV kind of led you on to do uh, video work through college, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate and, with anything, but yeah, I did study it for a while. Right. And what's crazy is I'm doing video work for college now. I I originally uh, was planning on doing, uh, uh, I was originally going for art education because uh, for some reason I was extremely inspired by Mr. Shirley and oh, he, he's, he was he's great. Awesome. Yeah, he was, was actually great. Really enough, I was just thinking this the other day when I was thinking about like, if I had like picked two teachers, I feel like inspired me the most to, to what I am now. It's for sure Mrs. Garvey, obviously. Uh, she was in charge of the theater department and theater. Really, that like, was the I, and, and, and history and helped me kind of like find my niche for loving history and loving theater. And it's like, like kind of talked to me about doing WCTV. But then like Mr. Shirley was awesome because he was the first person I met that was not like a teacher. That makes sense. Right. Like wasn't right. PG like a teacher. Like if you walked up to him and you said, uh, or um, in a sentence, he would be like, nope come back in five minutes when you can talk like a human. I was like, who <laughs> yeah. does that? What teacher yeah. does that to a student? Um, yeah. And people came in late, no accepted. He goes like, you, you show, you leave 10 minutes early and then you get here. Cause if you leave 10 minutes early, there's n- like nothing that could get in your way. Oh, your car stalled. Expect that to happen. Leave early. <laughs> <laughs> like who does this? And then like he played blue October and I'm like, this slaps. Like, yeah. Sir, uh, Mr. Shirley was, Oh, I got one a of great the best story. teachers I had. I got a great story for you. I, uh, I actually went to a, uh, a Blocktober concert. Um, I think it was when I was going to Iowa Central. And uh, Mr. Shirley, uh, when, when I was in high school, he had told me that, uh, that Justin Furstenfeld, the lead singer of Blocktober, he told me that Justin knew Mr. Shirley's name by heart. And I, I never fucking forgot that. I, I, uh, I went to a Blocktober concert in uh, probably 2015, 2016, somewhere in there, maybe 2017. Uh, and I got VIP tickets. So I was actually able to like ask him if he knew Mr. Shirley. And I was like, do you know the name Aaron Shirley? And honestly, I don't know if he was trying to flatter me or not, but he was like, does sound familiar and i was like no freaking way dude. yeah i don't, no I don't think he's telling the truth but i have to tell this to, to mr shirley and mr shirley said the exact same thing i was thinking he's like he was probably flattering he probably has no idea who i am and i was like <laughs> then why would you tell me that yeah, why man? would you lie to me <laughs> no he was so, such, he was such a good teacher because he was so upfront like the thing i liked about him was that he was honest and you you, you didn't really run into that with a lot of teachers like he he didn't sugarcoat stuff and he wouldn't be mean to you. He would just be honest. Like if you want the actual right. truth from someone, he'd be the kind of person to talk to. I took a lot of inspiration from him. Uh, his whole, his work ethic, how he, how he conducts himself with people and really realizing like just being honest is like one of the best things you could possibly do for yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I've been a lot lately and I kind of, I, I kind of picked this up from Mr. Shirley. Uh, he's very brutally honest. And I, I've really kind of turned into that. It kind of sucks to be my girlfriend. Let me tell you, like I, sometimes I say some things that are in, completely rude. And I was like, I mean, would you rather me lie to you or do you want the truth? And, you know, she, uh, 
at this point, she's completely used, used to it. We've been dating for seven years now. So she's used to every bad habit that I have, including being brutally honest. Thanks, Mr. Shirley. <laughs> Appreciate it. Helping yeah. Save relationships. <laughs> yeah. 2012. Yeah. Anyway, I was extremely inspired by Mr. Shirley and I was going to go to college to be an art teacher. And for the most part, Iowa Central went really well. I mean, it was extremely easy to get through Iowa Central. And uh, I got to UNI and fuck, that was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, I know UNI is the, uh, the school for education. Um, I, I don't know what it was, but I just kind of lost interest in the education part. Mm-hmm. And then the art teachers here are snobs. I mean, I, I just couldn't, I, I dropped from the classes because the dude was a complete douchebag. And uh, there was another class I wanted to drop so bad, but if I did that, it dropped me below. It dropped me to a part-time student, I think. And I was like, I'm just gonna have to get through the semester or something. So I went and talked to my advisor, and my advisor said, uh, "Well, what what do you do outside of school?" I mean, and I said, "Well, I, I I love art, you know, that's something I enjoy doing, but I also like making videos, you know. I I do that in my free time all the time." And uh, I brought up to her, like, what about this digital media production department? And I think she was hesitant at first to let me go from her art department. And she was like, I don't know if that's for you or not. And I was like, I wish, like, I wish they would have, like, been honest with me. So I went and talked to an advisor in that department instead. And I told her uh, about my experience with the art department and what I do outside of school. And she said, you should give this a shot. And, uh ever since then I never looked back and I'm one class away from graduating uh you and I congratulations to you sir toast Mm -hmm. toast to that for sure yeah um and by the way that one class is the one class I did not fucking take in uh high school fucking Spanish god (laughs) (laughs) if it makes you feel better I didn't do uh I didn't do my Spanish in high school either because um, it's, it's to a fault to my own. And I will say I, it's a fault of my own. And I will say at that time, it was also the teacher's fault, but, uh, everything has been forgiven. She actually redeemed herself later in my high school years. I won't say her name, but the Spanish teacher I had, like, I think it was my first semester of high school is when I was taking Spanish and I was a terrible student. I was just hanging out with the wrong people. You know, I was just, being a little stoner, I wasn't really focusing on things I need to focus on. I wasn't taking education as importantly, you know, I, and I regret that. I really wish I took education more important and more importantly when I was younger, but the teacher didn't really like help me. Like she just saw like some kid who's trying to blow up the class and she didn't at that time really didn't help me as a student. And even like, you know, I, and I would butcher my assignments, you know, I'd have something I had to say and I would just butcher it. And, and my name in the class was cafe. So, like, because we all had to have like some random word that was your name. My name was Cafe. Yeah. And I remember I said something, and I I butchered some things. And everyone started laughing, and the teacher at the front of the class kind of looked at me and goes, "Oh, Cafe." And it was that moment I was just like, "I'm done with these classes. I'm not taking these." It's and, embarrassing. And again, I was a piece of shit. I wasn't doing the work, but that was like me realizing the teacher gave up on me being able to do the work, and I was like, "Well, screw it. Like, I'm just no try now." But that all being said. I flipped my high school career right around once I hit junior 
Um, I decided to really start taking things more seriously. That's when I got in the theater and WCTV and I found my creative outlets. Yeah. And yeah. it was like right before I graduated, I remember that teacher like stopped me at one point and goes like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I'm so proud of the person you turned into from your freshman year to your senior year. And I was like, oh, thanks. So they really, she really did that? Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she stopped me. She's just like, hey, like, I'm, I'm really proud of who you, who you've become. And uh, yeah, that was it. That's like all I need. I just need her. Like, it was so great to hear her say that. Cause like, if I had to pick a teacher, I thought gave up on me, it was her. And to have her flip around and say that to me meant the world to me. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish she would have said that to me. I mean, I got through my first, I got through my first Spanish class, Spanish one, but uh, I didn't take Spanish two the year after. Uh, I actually took Spanish two in my senior year and I dropped it because I had it with a different Spanish teacher and she was intense, very intense. And I was like, Nope. I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> nope. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. No, I feel And I do regret it. Cause, um, my best friend at the time, we're still close friends now, Jose, like he was my next door neighbor and his Jose. parents basically exclusively spoke Spanish. And so I really, and I, I picked up some stuff just hanging out with them all the time, but I regret not taking that further. And now that I live in Texas, like half of my employees, not half, like a, a quarter to a third of my employees have either are exclusively Spanish speaking mm-hmm. or uh, they can't speak some English, but it's very broken. And I just wish like I could, help them out a little bit more than what i can mm-hmm. it's just something to yeah. add to my to-do list yeah uh someone that i work with right now he's actually helping me out with my spanish quite a bit well he'll he'll uh message me on snapchat if i got any questions so big thanks to him if he watches this video big shout outs all around i'm uh, not was- actually go ahead go ahead um, I was going to ask you because you have your Jersh Plays YouTube, which congratulations to you, sir, on just the sheer amount of content you have and not just good content. Actually, I just recorded a podcast a couple of days ago with a friend of mine also happens to be named uh, Tristan. I've had two Tristans in the past two podcasts. Um, him, him, him and his wife, they do uh, wedding photography. They also have a vlog on YouTube and their vlog is amazing. It's really good content and him and I had a great discussion about how there's so many people doing every art form, movies, music, podcasts, let's plays, vlogs, whatever it might be. That being said, with how many people are doing it, everyone's a consumer. Not everyone is a producer. And even less than not everyone being a producer, not everyone's a producer of good content. But to you, sir, you have good content, man. I was looking through your things and I was like, this is, this is like this is Markiplier or Radbread or PewDiePie, who you know, whoever you want to name. Like I was looking yeah. through your stuff. I'm like, this is this is it. So congratulations, to you sir. And when it comes to the editing skills, you surpassed me greatly. Well, thank shit. you. I was actually going to ask you, uh, what is your preferred editing software? Oh, uh, I'm using Premiere, Adobe Premiere. Premiere Pro. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what I used in WCTV. It's what I used in college. And I was like, I don't want to, I'm just going to, you know, spend the extra money, use what I'm familiar with. Right. I actually, uh, I started uh, editing with uh, iMovie, which I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. used that, but it's very slow paced. I've had, I've had those days. And honestly, it's, it's, it's great beginner uh, software for sure. And then I actually moved my way up to uh, 
um, I don't I probably shouldn't say this, but it was an illegal version of Final Cut Pro, which I mean, we all download illegal shit off the internet every now and then. <laughs> We've all went through uh, our let's, teenage let's, years, let's teenage honest, okay. Anyway, I, I got myself switched on to Final Cut Pro, and that has been my main editing software ever since uh, I left iMovie. And through college, I did learn Premiere Pro and I learned uh, Avid Media Composer. That was a bitch. That was a bitch software to learn, let me tell you. Say, what was it called again? Avid Media Composer. It's uh, one of the, so the three biggest editing softwares that Hollywood uses is Final Cut Pro, Adobe Premiere, and uh, Avid. Did I say Avid or Final Cut? It was, it's those three. And I was like, shit, I kind of will, I want to learn all of these in case I get stuck at a job that, that uh, exclusively uses X software. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I picked up after oh, effects kudos as to you, well, sir. So. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was through a lot of your stuff. So I'm not going to say which one it was because I don't want to make the artist upset, mm-hmm. but I had watched one of the music videos that you've made and I was like, well, and I even said this to my fiance that's sitting next to me. I'm like, I don't really like the song, but this video is amazing. Like, <laughs> you had some cool shit you put into it. So, it was either Swiss or it was Cosmic. And you know who Cosmic is, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking about Ian, too. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll admit, Swiss, who's a friend of yours. Swiss, if you're mm-hmm. watching this, dude, I think you're awesome. Um, I'm not saying it, was, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't my style. I really like right. the video. I'll say that it was yeah. like I, I bet if people like that style, it's a great it's a great uh, song. But I yeah. really liked uh, uh, the song editing. was originally the song was originally about uh, him apologizing too much for dumb things. I mean, we all say mm-hmm. uh, "pardon me" or "sorry" or something like that. And uh, I think uh, he just had it in his head that he needed to stop saying "sorry" so much. And I was like, well, that's kind of a stupid thing to make a music video about. So let's just smash some TVs and uh, make things uh, have smoke all over the place. I mean, so I kind of wanted to Michael Bay and I I actually bought some smoke bombs uh, online and I was like, well, we got to try it. We got to try and figure out how to get some smoke bombs behind the TV. So they're going up in the air like this. Uh, We got to put one on the end of his ax because that'd be super cool. But at the same time, I had to make sure the lighting and the uh, the entire set looked great. Looked great too. And we actually uh, we found this place. It was a it was like a, a warehouse not being used by a church uh, that he goes to. I was like, this is perfect. But the thing was, it was a mess. So we actually had to clean this thing for I don't know if it took us days or I think it just took us a couple of days just to clean it up. But we got it all cleaned up and it looked great. I, I think, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, dude, again, it was an, an absolutely amazing video. And I feel like a piece of shit now because I thought you've worked on quite a few videos from what I basically scrolled through. So <laughs> for it just to be two people for me to be <laughs> calling out. Um, so, again, Swiss, if you are watching, um, it, I'm not saying it was a bad song. It's just not my style of music. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's kudos fair. to you, sir, for pursuing a dream, pursuing something you're passionate about. And, again, just making good quality content. Like, you're just you're trying to put your heart into something and – you know, no one can take that from you. Yeah. Do that video though. That was sick. As soon as it started and I saw all the TVs and then the name pop up in the TVs, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, who am I talking to right <laughs> now? Like, I can't yeah. do that. 
I, yeah. I take, I, I take gifts off of Instagram and try to make an intro with them. Like I'm, I'm not close to that level. Hopefully that eventually, but I had a vision. I was like, Swiss, we got to get these TVs, man. We got to get 10 of them so I can spell stuff out on them. And, uh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but, uh, he, he had mentioned, Oh, we could just post stuff on Facebook and see if people will uh, give us some free TVs, TVs and whatnot. And it ended up working out pretty well. Now getting rid of them was a, the other, was, uh, another story getting rid of them. We actually, uh, uh, I don't know why, but we waited for a day where we could get rid of these TVs at a dump for a certain cost. And I was like, God damn, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass to like dispose of those properly. Dude, and, people don't uh, realize like how much it costs to get rid of shit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was not easy to get rid of them, but when uh, my, uh, yeah. when my fiance and I first moved in together and we were moving all of her stuff out of her place, uh, we had basically made the garage like where we're going to put all of our junk and stuff. And it was like the last thing we needed to do before we could close out the house, but we didn't have a truck. So I'm like, okay, I don't really want to rent a U-Haul to put junk into and then bring to the dump, you know? So, and it was like right when the lockdown started too. So a lot of places were, were closed. And finally, I think I, I contacted like uh, get your junk or, or got junk or something like that. And mm-hmm. They came to pick it up and it was like, it was like half a truckload, I would say of stuff ish. And it cost me like $400 to get rid of it. Ooh. It was crazy. I was like, that's like, I bucks. couldn't, I couldn't make that much selling this stuff. Well, I'm trying to get rid of it, you know? Yeah. Right. No shit. That's expensive. I'm going in for the angry orchard. I'll save the Dos Equis for another night. I mean, ciders are the way to be, man. I'm actually, I'm getting mm-hmm. close to my, uh, my refill for the triple. So a question yeah, that, I was going to ask music... you. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. You go for it. I'll let you continue our thought. Something, something that I'm very proud of for most of my videos, most of them, I'd say about 98% of my videos, I've done all the lighting myself, all the camera work myself, all the editing myself. And a lot of work. Lot I know... I know that's not like the greatest way to get into the, the filming field. Uh, the best way to get into a filming field is uh, with people. You have to work with others. So a good example of me working with others is a interview with Swiss and uh, my former roommate Chandler. And uh, for that video, we actually did, uh, it was an entire set. This was filmed at UNI. And I actually got to be a director behind a control board full of people that were uh, on this control board. They're on a control board over here and they were on uh, monitors over here. And then in the separate room was the set and there was three people on cameras and I had the microphone and the headset on and I had to tell everybody what to do. And I was, it was extremely stressful, but uh, I handled it very well. That's the only project that I've worked with people and I, I did like it. Uh, I hope I can do it again. Someday. Um, so that's exactly why I got out of it. Um, weirdly enough. Uh, cause when I was, when I was studying and I feel bad if anyone I took the class with is watching this podcast, cause they're going to call me a piece of shit. Cause I am a piece of shit. Um, one of the projects we had my second year into it was we had to make these, com- we had to either make commercials or it was tutorial videos for these businesses near us. And we got like, my group got picked to do like this fur this furnace built business. They clean furnaces is what they do. And, and like, and uh, electric chimneys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So these, these guys need to, uh, 
need to make a tutorial on how to clean a furnace is what we got given. And it became pretty apparent to us that the work we would get doing this field within the Midwest would be projects like this. You work on commercials and businesses and, you know, commercials for metal fabrication, engineering, agriculture, things I'm not passionate about. And yeah. it was, I was slowly realizing that, okay, I'm getting pulled into something that I don't feel the way I felt when I first started it. And the, that particular project, I was supposed to be the editor of the video. And I was, I'm down, you know, I, I, I love doing pretty much every aspect of, of, you know, film and videos, but they did not bring me there for the shoot. It was a separate day that they did the shoot and, you know, directed it and edited, and then they gave me all the footage and it was like, I wanted, it was close to two hours of footage they had. Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy taking this thing apart, but the clips were in order and they weren't named or anything. And uh, the director's like, oh, okay, there you go. And I asked, wait, 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 man. Like, how am I supposed to know what happens when, when he takes what apart? Like, how does any of this stuff work? I don't know how to take apart furnaces. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. So I had to like watch the footage over, like it probably took me a week of watching the footage every day for hours on end to figure out, okay, what piece goes into what, what connects to what when he's doing it. Cause he's, he's, he's kind of explaining it, but it's like, there isn't doodles or things to explain how he's doing or anything. And it was like, it, basically what should have been a four man job was a one person job. And no one, like I asked the team for help and people, they just straight up told me like, no dude, that's your job. We did our part. And then we had the final cut, which I presented to the class and the, well, I think the professor got like 10 minutes into it and he realized how boring it was because a guy taking apart a furnace and uh, not a furnace, a fake chimney. Sorry. He's taking apart a fake chimney and he realized how boring it was. And then he just, he's like, okay, we get it. And then he skipped over to the next person's video. That was more interesting. It was like a, it was like a wedding company or something. And I was yeah. like, that's bullshit. This is like, that's, this is just total bullshit. And I'm like, I hate working like with a team in that regard. I won't be forced to work with people that aren't going to respect my opinions on things, even though I'm mm. a people person. And yeah, and at that time I was, you know, more and more people were looking at me at Flix for my work effort and they were beginning to ask me about opportunities. So I decided to shoot the ship and do that. Wow. Was this at DMAC? Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Which then too, like maybe it's community college and, you know, you get what you pay for type of deal, but it taught me enough, you know, it taught me what I needed to know. Yeah, I've never had to go through something like where we had to go and film uh, something that we're not interested in. That's just weird. Why would the, I mean, there has to be some sort of creative aspect. This isn't creative. This is uh, you're telling me uh, what I have to film. You know, this is and it's mm-hmm. difficult. To, it's difficult to make that interesting, too. That's a uh, that's tough. Well, I, basically how the semesters work was like semester one was the basics of, of film and how you do this and that. And that was great. That was absolutely amazing. I had a, a, a blast of a time and you could do basically whatever you wanted to, to show those things. And then the second semester was, okay, now we work on businesses around us. We work on commercials for them. And the main focus there was because that's the type of work you most likely would get. And then the third semester as an entire class, you work on a project together and it could be whatever the class decides. So, you know, both first and third sound really, really awesome. Or sorry, first year and second, third year sound really awesome. It was that second where I had my disconnect of like, okay, mm-hmm. this, yeah, very quickly. I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. Plus, again, I was just a shit kid. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I had a general idea. That's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, 
Another thing that kind of surprised me is like, as an editor, don't you think you should have been along for the ride? Like while, he, while they were filming this guy. Yeah. Taking apart the and films? I mean, I, I could be wrong. Like I would have to think back to it too. Like, I'm like, was I not available that day or was it just not in the schedule that I was supposed to be there? Yeah, I don't remember how it worked. I am, I am a piece of shit though. And this is why I'm a piece of shit is because I was given all the footage and I, I, I made the video and then we, you know, we had it. And then it was like the next year we were supposed to do something else with it before, like before it's finalized and we give it back to the company, which I didn't know. And I had all the, the flash drives of the footage. All the footage was, was with me. It wasn't the director or the writers, anything. And I was, I was busy working. I was already moving to Wisconsin and the, uh, the professor kept trying to text me and call me and start calling like my, my mom and my house trying to get that footage. What? And I didn't know where it was. I couldn't, th- I couldn't remember where I put it. I'm like, did I delete it? What, what did I do with it? And I never called back. I never apologized. <laughs> so if any, if you're watching this, I'm really sorry. Um, it wasn't until like a few weeks ago, I was checking through my flash drives. I finally found all that footage of this guy taking the, uh, the fireplace. A apart. few weeks ago. Yeah. What? Like a few weeks ago <laughs> I found it. So it's like, like three, four years later. Wow. Is this something that you just had to show and you didn't actually have to submit a file to your, instructor what i don't remember man i know we had to export it yeah we i remember specifically having to export it and then sending it to him but i don't remember uh yeah so i'm a piece of shit and uh and all my education <laughs> i basically had till now i've been a piece of shit is what the moral of that story is what was the program called at dmac that program to be exact oof um i want to say videography videography could be wrong yeah or video, video media or something like that. Hmm. So it was so it was interesting because it technically wasn't a uh, a degree; it was a certification you could get. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it as a degree. So like when I went because I talked to the advisor, obviously because I told him that's what I want to do. They're like, okay, so what we're gonna do for you is you're gonna have a your liberal a liberal arts degree, but you're also gonna be getting the certification at the same time. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, I shouldn't have done that at all. And just done the certification in none of the other classes because I didn't need the liberal arts degree for what I was wanting to do. But again, right. I, I, didn't, I didn't get how that college education system worked. I was just like, all right, I'm down for the ride. And I was paying everything out of pocket. Uh, you know, it was my own scholarships, my own loans, you know. Uh, one last thing before uh, you move on. Uh, back to my interviews that I did uh, with the entire class. Um, I will say that uh, the entire class uh, had to do the same thing. They had to direct their own show. You know, this was my show that I was directing and, uh, they were all partnered up with different people. So like it was two people per group. And I, uh, I actually took on my own project by myself. I didn't want to partner with anybody. And, uh, everybody, uh, kind of had some boring guests and, uh, these, the guests were like people that worked in offices and stuff like that. And uh, I, I was like, man, I really don't want my guests to be, uh, I don't want them to be boring. Yeah, sure, these people are important to the world, but I want to do people that are kind of interesting, you know? Like, sure, you're and, curing cancer, but it's blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ended up going with Swiss because, you know, the music video and whatnot. And uh, I went with uh, Chandler, my roommate, because uh, I had originally done a video on how he had an addiction to Fortnite. And this, and when I say addiction, I, I'm serious. This, this kid was fucked up. Um, he, uh, I'm not going to go into detail about that, but, uh, I was like, these two would be perfect for this interview. And 
uh, my teacher, uh, or my professor, that's more formal. My professor was not a fan of my guests at first because only one of them, well, they were both going to UNI, but uh, they weren't necessarily professionals uh, right away. And they weren't, you know, they, they weren't. The and that was like the people. teacher, the professor's focus was to have people who were like, yeah, um, certified, yeah. had a degree in something. Yeah. So I ignored him. I didn't give a shit about what he said. And I, I was like, you can just grade me on what I got, dude. And uh, I did the interview and uh, I had my own host for this interview too. I didn't have to host it. it I just got somebody else to host it. And uh, after the interviews were done and we, uh, we closed the set and everything, the host came up to me and he said, dude, I'm extremely happy with the people that you chose because they were extremely, uh, they were, they were really easy to connect with. Like they were my age, uh, they were dudes and it was just extremely to get down on their level for me. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome to hear that. So that the, the, my, the people that were helping me make this interview got along with the people that I chose for the interview. So mm -hmm. that was cool to hear. That is, uh, that is awesome. Especially having like, uh, I feel like, I, I don't know. I haven't seen what other interviews I must've done but finding young people who are passionate about whatever they're talking about is so cool. I mean, that's why it's been so fun about creating this podcast is I'm talking to people who are literal experts in certain things and, but they're around the same age as me. Like it's, it makes it really cool. Like uh, still one of the podcasts I've done that really stands out to me was this girl named Sydney who I had worked with when I lived in Wisconsin, who is a uh, Jersey cow expert. Like she goes around the country and she rates Jersey cows. I don't know anything about Jersey cows. So I was just like, Hey, I'll pick your brain on that shit. I don't care. And I learned a lot about cows. Um, and yeah. it, it's, and I just never realized like, that's, I guess how I learned. And I feel like a lot of people learn too is it's just casual, normal conversation. It's the best way. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm burping so much. No, right hey, now. we actually encourage burping on this podcast. You got one, let it rip in the mic. I've, I've actually, gotcha. I've been saving mine a little bit, but as soon as I get burpy, <laughs> you're saving right one. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, so the question I was going to ask you, uh, for those who are watching my podcast and have, haven't seen Josh before, please, please, please go check out his YouTube channel, Josh plays, uh, cause he does a bunch of, uh, video game content, uh, an amazing content. Like I was saying before, I was curious, what video game was like your first love? Like what video game really stands out to you in your mind of like, that's when I wanted to get into this stuff. Minecraft, dude. Oh, I still play that game. Um, I I get so much shit, dude, for playing that game. And uh, it's just amazing. I can't wait to finish. I'm building a PC right now. I, I, mm. I got so much to tell you, man. I got so much. Um, I'm building a PC right now. I'm actually planning on uh, relaunching my channel, like fully fled relaunching my channel, uh, I think around March 2021 because of this PC build. Uh, I want to change the name of my channel to just Jersh. And uh, probably, unless you, do you think Jersh Place is good? or Dude, I, mean, I love it. Jersh Place is easy. Easy to remember. Maybe, maybe I'll keep it. And I Plus guess your I would logo the, is yeah, sexy, you're dude. Right. Your logo is you're sexy. Right. You're right. I guess, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to keep the Jersh Place. And I, I was thinking about uh, redoing the logo a little bit. Not too much to where it's... Uh, it's where it's unrecognizable anymore. I'm going to keep that style, but I'm going to make it like a diamond of some sort. I don't know, but uh, I'm going to do a relaunch for my channel. It's been a while since I've uploaded. And uh, once March comes around, I'll be done with school. I could, 
uh, I'll probably be working somewhere else. I'm not really sure where I'll be working around then, but I can actually focus on my channel a little bit more. So um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, what was, I was asking what was the first video game that got you like really into Minecraft. video games, but yes. I love, I love all of this. Yeah. Minecraft. Uh, I remember, I, I remember playing though. Minecraft with you, like, mm -hmm. um, cause I never played before until high school. And then I got like this really old edition added to my really old uh, uh, Microsoft PC that um, shout out to him, Mark Toll, who uh, really, really big shout out, old long time shout out. You he brought it up earlier. Oh, sorry. I, I held my burp in. I need, I need a lot about more. Uh, but Mark and I and a handful of other of cohorts, Cody Dayton um, and Chase Hubner. We had started this thing called Darkland Media, which was going to be like our YouTube channel of everything. It's going to, it was going to be Let's Plays and this and that. Uh, unfortunately, I think the thing that we kind of missed out on was we just didn't have the uh, the video editing knowledge, at least in my part. Like mm -hmm. all I really had was my character. I didn't know how to do Photoshop or basic, any of the basics of recording. And Mark kind of knew that stuff. And it was a lot of fun at first. We were, had a lot of work behind it. I remember showing you the studio. Um, and unfortunately, it disbanded and. I'm somewhat fortunate it did, and I'm fortunate now that I believe, I, I could be wrong, I believe we cut out a lot of the videos we had, like we deleted the channel, because there's lots mm -hmm. of videos when I was much younger having jokes and things I don't stand behind now as an adult, mm -hmm. and it was yeah. one of those, like, I think I was too young for YouTube at the time, but uh, yeah, he's the one who got me into Minecraft, and I remember you and I connecting in school about Minecraft, and you having me play your Hunger Game mods which I never played oh. before. And it was so much oh, fun. And it's just, I think I only played like one game and I got stuck in a hole and I was so pissed off. I was like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great. I, I love playing the hunger games. I played that with a lot of people. Actually. I, I hosted a lot of hunger games in high school. Um, anyway, I'm building this computer and as soon as this thing gets done, it's going to have a, uh, a ray tracing video card in there. And I, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of what ray tracing Minecraft looks like, but it's a whole new game, dude. Um, I'll, uh, I'll pretend like I do. Um, I recommend looking it up like after the podcast sometime, but I've been watching a ray tracing Minecraft series on YouTube. And I think I'm going to start a Twitch channel and uh, do some Minecraft on Twitch with the ray tracing. And Oh dude, it's, it's when I say Minecraft looks realistic with ray tracing, it looks realistic, man. Like I'm talking, this is an entirely, imagine what Minecraft two would look like. That's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. But I am stoked to finish this PC build and I won't play Minecraft right now. I will not touch Minecraft right now until this PC is done because the ray tracing ruined it for me. But uh, hmm. as soon as I, get I got, done, I got the good life. I'm done now. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it as soon as I get the PC all done, and it's gonna be glorious. Oh, my my fiance, she has a uh, two daughters, or I should I should now say my my two future daughters-in-law, um, mm -hmm. or not daughters-in-law, step my two future stepdaughters, uh, and they're really into Minecraft. They absolutely love it, and it's crazy because like I've been on and off with Minecraft. I've been really into it, you know, some years, and then I kind of take a break here and there, and mm -hmm. obviously this year because of of them, I've gotten more into it. And now they're teaching me things about all the new updates on Minecraft. And it feels weird because it's like, no, this was my game when I was a kid. Yeah, now I'm having to take points from you because of how many things have updated and evolved and changed. 
and they just yeah. don't believe me. They're like, oh, we'll teach you all about Minecraft. I'm like, I don't need you to teach me. I know Minecraft. I know I've known Minecraft longer than you have. Okay. And, but no, it doesn't matter because it's a new game now, basically. It's, it's mm-hmm. still it, but there's so many new things that, uh, it was crazy. I remember the first time I saw a horse and I was like, what is that? Like, it's horses. I'm like, when they add horses, like, oh, wow, you're so old. <laughs> I still have my very first, my very first world that I uh, began on my Xbox 360. And this was a world wow. that I created uh, in survival because creative mode had not been added to the game yet. I remember building, a, <laughs> I remember building a football field, a giant football stadium in survival dude it was wow yeah that's my my favorite worlds are the ones i've made in survival it just feels like there's more of a more of a point to it that's that's awesome to hear that minecraft was like that was the game that got you all it got you into it i'm still playing it man it's so fun dude do you think the creators of minecraft like realized how much of a of a social impact they were gonna make oh the creators I mean, no, obviously not, because I don't necessarily think that he's behind it anymore. Um, Marcus Blanks. I think that uh, otherwise, I think his name is Notch. Uh, Notch was the creator of Minecraft, and uh, he actually sold Minecraft to Microsoft. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm not, Uh, so please educate me. Yeah, he sold Minecraft to uh, Microsoft because at that point where he sold it he just was like it's not the same anymore uh there's so many devs on the team now and it's it's uh it's growing so much to where it's not necessarily my game anymore that i created so the developers ended up uh moving in basically with microsoft and they're they're working nicely together now but mark uh or i should say notch is no longer with minecraft he just uh he kind of wanted to drift away from it he wanted to do new things you know mm-hmm. it just really outgrew him i mean it feels like that happens a lot though when people franchise right yeah and it's i think it's can be both a pro and a con you when you create something and then you decide that you want to sell it and give it to someone bigger they'll give you a lot of money for it because one it's a financial way of continuing with the rest of your life. And for a lot of people, you know, they don't want to do whatever their grind was for the rest of their life. They want to be able to give it to someone who's going to do it right. But they also want to do it for a lot of money. So, you know, they can put it in retirement, and have a good life moving forward. At least I know, mm-hmm. I know lots of small, small businesses that are that way. But in the case of them and another good example, I don't know if you've seen the movie, the franchise, but it kind of dives yes. into history, the history oh, of wait. McDonald's. Yes. Uh, I think it was, it was called the founder actually. Founder, yeah, not franchise. yeah. Founder. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. and in that case, it was like those, those guys who created McDonald's, they don't really want to give it up, but they're put in a situation where they had to, um, yeah. there's a pro and a con. There's a pro of like, Hey, your legacy, the thing you built will live on, but it'll no longer be what you made. It'll be, it'll become its own entity and something else, but carry the same name. Mm-hmm. So I watched that movie for the, I watched that movie for like the umpteenth time, like two weeks ago. It's a great movie. I think, uh, um, real quick, I I should mention, I think my favorite movie of all time is either, uh, the social network or lone survivor. Did you go see lone survivor with me? You might have, I don't know. Could have. Do you remember? It was with Mark Wahlberg. It was uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I love I love I love it. I know I saw it in theaters. I don't remember who I saw it with though, per se. I know we saw we for sure saw 
Iron Man three together, and then I'm pretty sure you and I saw uh, Ultra, uh, Avengers Ultron together yeah, too. Okay. I remember going to see Lone Survivor with some some buddies from high school too. I, I think Sea Money was one of them. As for the rest, I don't remember. I have to look back. I think we still have a Snapchat group chat that <laughs> goes oh, yeah, back to do. those days, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, yeah, that's gonna bring me back to so many things. So first, okay, I'm gonna backtrack here. Um, back to the superhero thing, just because it got briefly brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing you watched Endgame, right? Of course. Yeah. All right. So where do you think the MCU is gonna go now? Galactus, baby. Thank God. Oh, Eventually. Oh. Dude, you're the only person that has has been with me on this. Because I've I mean, said so many of my other Marvel fans friends tell me that, you know, it's gonna be uh Doctor Doom or it's gonna be um uh Khan the Destroyer. Uh and I'm like, no, dude, it's gonna be Galactus. They have X-Men now. Silver yeah. Surfer is gonna be a shoe-in to fill into into this universe. Like yeah. that's that's and I think honestly for the MCU that's gonna be their next big push is bringing in the X Men into their universe. I think that's their next money maker. I think that's their next like full send. They're gonna give it like two years. Disney's gonna give it two years because they need enough gap for people to be excited yeah. for you know recastings and characters again. Yeah, I'm excited for the X Men to come in. Uh, I think they're go. gonna be a great addition. I, I completely. And here's another thing that really uh, pisses me off about some of these uh, Marvel fans. Uh, they're trying, uh, I've heard that some Marvel fans are trying to start a petition to, uh, to make sure that the creators of the next Black Panther movie, uh, do not replace Black Panther with another actor. And it really pisses me off that some fans don't trust Marvel at this point. Like if you don't trust Marvel with, uh, what they're, capable of doing with black panther now that chadwick has passed you know rest in peace chadwick but uh you gotta trust these guys you know like they they've uh ever since uh i think ever since the first avengers movie they've had their hand they've had both hands on the wheel and they have just absolutely cruised you know made Mm -hmm. so much money made great movies and for the fans to just kind of like like not trust them and say that like don't do this like that's just weird to me like yeah let them, let it is them. it is this weird i have a, a pro and con when it comes to all of it right like when it comes to one recasting a character because the actor died yeah i don't like but also i don't like killing off the character in the movie itself because I think that also does the character an injustice. Like, yeah. you know, Paul Walker's character in Fast and Furious, they, at this point, they basically just wrote him out, which I love. I love how they yeah. did it. They basically said, hey, Brian's not really part of the, the crew because he's, you know, a family man, even though really it's because mm-hmm. he's passed away. I thought those were respectable to Paul Walker. As yeah. with Chadwick, something I saw, and I don't disagree with this, I think this would be a great push for them to do, and this would be directly in that mission I was bringing up, is that they're saying, hey, don't recast him. Instead, have his sister become the new Black Panther. And I love that idea. But my gripe was probably within the hour I saw that Chadwick Boseman had passed away, like right when it broke news. Within an hour, I saw this thing of like, hey, let's make his sister the new Black Panther. And that just really, really upset me because it was like, 
this was a human being. He wasn't just some fucking character for you to look yeah. at. Okay. He had a yeah. family, he had people to care about. Sure. He influenced us. And let's look at the work he put in, but stop like that. And that shows you that people, uh, uh, not all people, but a decent majority don't really give a shit about Chadwick Boseman. They just give a shit about black Panther. And they're just yeah. concerned about what happens to black Panther. And I just yeah. thought it was kind of disgusting. I'm like, like, no, I'm hundred percent down for his sister to take a part. I think she'd do great. But can we wait like a day before we start talking about who's replacing him and just focus on the fact that this man who did all this influential stuff has passed away? Damn it. Yeah, personally, my thoughts on it, like, I don't care if they find someone to replace him. I don't care if they completely write him out. I don't care if they have the sister take over. Um, all I know is I trust Marvel. I know that they're going to figure it out and they're going to do it perfectly. So, yeah, yeah Chadwick's out, but they have blown me away with so many movies. I completely have all my trust in them. They got it figured out already, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. he, he was so influential, right? He inspires yeah. so many people. Did you see 42? No, I need to, though. Right, like I need, Fuck. I need to check out all, all this, this great art. You gotta check out Forty Two. I recommend. Is that? A, I'm almost certain that's on Netflix or Hulu. So if you got one of those, I would look into that. I will. I think so. Chadwick's work outside of the MCU. I'm pretty sure I saw his uh, whatever one he's either like in Manhattan. And they need to close the bridges down. Like bridge, bridge. Oh, nine or... I think it's called uh, Twenty One Bridges. Yeah, Twenty One Bridges. I saw that one. Yeah. There's another one I saw. I can't think of it. No, it, he was he was such a good actor. He was such a good part in those roles. And I remember there being like a meme about him a while ago because he had did some Zoom call or some Skype call where he looked super skinny, and so many people were making yeah. fun of him, like, "Oh, he's on drugs," or he's doing this and that. And the big speculation was that he was losing a lot of weight for a role. Which I, yeah. I totally but and I even believe it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably just losing weight for a role. Like, he's, he's a pretty dedicated actor. And then I had this happen. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what was happening. And it's crazy to think that he was fighting that while he was <sighs> doing the MCU, right? Yeah, that, that is wild. Thank you. Uh, that is wild. I will say uh, you'll definitely think of him differently when you see 42. It was a very uh, – that kind of it's a great look into the era of uh um racism and it really uh if you you had to have seen uh um what was it called it wasn't was it facing the giants no it was uh remember the titans yep you've seen remember the titans it was in that area i think jackie robinson i mean you know who jackie robinson is mm-hmm. um he was the first uh black baseball player and oh god that movie just hits hard man it hits so hard when i first watched it i couldn't believe that was chadwick boseman i was like wow there's another movie he made not too long ago with uh jamie fox where he plays a black lawyer and he's defending an innocent black man who's on trial for like rape or murder or something uh i would have to look up what the movie's called but that's another one it's basically i've added all this stuff to my my watch list and i and that being said, like it's another thing, like trick or privilege, right? I should have watched all those movies long ago, but now it's like very yeah. present. I'm kidding. And it's one of those I don't want to like. I've dived into politics so hard in all my other po- all of my other podcasts. I don't want to do it too much on this one, but it just shows like how much of a fucking hit does the black community have to take at this point in 2020, where like one of the best, you know, 
African-American actors right now who is, is influential and inspiring and, you know, encouraging all these, these, these people. And then I was taken too. And it's just like, oh, of course, 2020, you know, can't get worse. Yeah. Not going to actually it can't, it very can, but. This year has been very messed up. Um, switching this over to a lighter subject note that I was going to ask you about um, in regards to your music videos, actually, uh, did you find, and I'll actually do it. You could do this for music videos and for just your, your, uh, your other regular content, not regular, but your video game content. Who are yeah. your major influences when it comes to other creators? Like who do you look to and you're like, wow, like I'm really inspired about, you know, those styles. Oh, um, you know, I don't know how well you're not going to know them, but uh, Optic Gaming was definitely a big one for me. Optic uh, Gaming. When I, I don't know them, so please explain, yeah. Um, originally, uh, they're based out of Chicago, Illinois, and they were uh, – Optic Gaming was an esports team and for Call of Duty mostly. And uh, their main editor, Hitch, uh, he did some editing tutorials – and I watched them and I was like, oh, he's doing this on Final Cut Pro. That means I'm going to have to download Final Cut Pro and uh, kind of mimic his stuff. And uh, eventually I just kind of went off in my own direction. And I watched some of the things that they did. They did uh, video game trivias. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool to do with my friends. I should try that myself. So I did some video game trivias and they turned out really well. Is I think they look great, actually. And uh, so I did, I did watch your video game trivias. They are really good yeah dude I I, i'm telling them. you i'm telling you i uh, i nerded out i had to do my research <laughs> I, I love those video game trivia videos that i did um but optic gaming was definitely a big one for me um uh, when it comes to actual um video game uh, or i should say gameplay recording i think i'd have to go with uh nade shot or okay, so his real name is Matt Haig, or Nade Shot, Nade Shot, or I'm gonna, and he did Call of Duty stuff, or I'd have to go with uh, the Beijing Canadian. Uh, his first name is Mitch. I don't know what his last name is, and he did Minecraft videos, and that's where I got the whole uh, idea of doing Hunger Games with uh, all of my friends in high school. I, I wasn't mm. able to record them at the time because I didn't have uh, my, I didn't have my computer, and I didn't have the. I didn't have the right uh, equipment to record that kind of stuff, but he was uh, Mitch was a great inspiration for Minecraft content. Um, outside of that, those are the main three, I think. That's uh, that's still great. That's really cool that that's what they picked. So, in regards to like music videos, though, who did you really have an inspiration when it came to how to do a music video? Was it something you learned in school? I guess there was one other, okay, back, hold on. I'm going to backtrack just one more time. Uh, I'm going to backtrack to what you said uh, for my inspirations here and add one more person, Ian Westbrook. Ian Westbrook was uh, one of the main reasons why I got into the, to, to YouTube. He's a legend, and, uh, dude. Yeah. He's awesome. Ian, Ian, if you're watching this dude, you're, he inspired me a lot too. To see like wow. how confident he was in doing what he was doing. I was like, wow, like that's, yeah, um, I uh, I watched some of his videos on YouTube. And I was like, dude, I've got to get into that stuff. And he was probably one of the bigger ones compared to Nade Shot, Beige and Canadian. 
and optic. Ian was my number one inspiration at the time, for sure. Absolutely. Number one. And I'm not going to go back on it. You know, he, uh, when I saw him upload Minecraft videos and we did some Ibn Ab videos together, I was like, this is awesome. This is cool. I have to get into this myself. And uh, eventually I, uh, I wanted to pay him back a little because he got me on, uh, he got me on his channel and I, I was like, dude, put me on your channel, put me on your channel, dude. I want to play video games with you and I want to be YouTube famous and shit like that. Of course, that's not how it works, but, um, I got to be on his channel later down the road. I was like, Hey man, I'm doing college now. I got all this lighting equipment that I can rent out. I got the camera equipment and shit. Why don't we go make a music video? You're clearly uh, an artist in music and we should go somewhere and make a video. And uh, that's what I ended up doing for one of my projects. And um, to this day, Ian and I don't talk anymore. And it's kind of, I don't know why. And I'm not going to go too into detail because I don't want to be disrespectful, but he just kind of stopped talking to me one day and I really hope it doesn't stay like that forever because he and I, him and I were very good friends after high school. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with like growing up though, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the same. Man. I moved around the country so many times. I, I very rarely keep in contact with people, which this podcast has helped me in a lot of ways. Like, and honestly, I'll be selfish and say the podcast is for me. Like I really don't care if it blows up or this or that it's a creative mm-hmm. outlet I can put into it. And Hey, if I make it, you know, if, if it's made, with good enough of a detail and people find the things that myself and all the great guests like you on here, the things that we talk about interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, but it's great to well, connect to people. What was your question? I definitely got off track on that one, by the way. Oh, it was influences. So no, you, you stayed, you stayed pretty on, on it. Yeah. He no, was I definitely the bigger one. I feel it. it's a, it's that thing though. Everyone kind of, uh, grows apart at some point, but no, I think it's, you know, it's one of those, like everyone gets so focused on their own life. It, it, it takes a long time to reconnect. Like freaking Jose and I, we were best friends and him and I didn't talk for almost like two, three years. And then one time I, I came back to Western city to visit and I hit him up. I'm like, Hey man, do you like want to hang out? Get your beer or something like that. And no, him and I are so close. He's deployed right now. Like it's crazy where, uh, where life takes you. Yeah. Oh shit, man. <laughs> um, I guess that kind of ties into another question I'm always going to ask you. And that's uh, if you could pick one content creator to collab with, who would you pick? Oh man. Uh, well, that's pretty big right now is like a well-known content creator. Anyone, man, if you could pick one, one other content creator for you to, you to work with, who would it be? Shoot. Um, well, number one, I'm going to say Jacob Hedin. I, I've collabed with him in the past, and shit, that is is so fun working with him. Uh, if I could work with him all the time, I think we we could make a big thing. Um, and, so I'm going to uh, ask because Jacob Hedin. I think I watched one of your videos with him, and I don't, I can't remember what the product was. That's like you guys taste test together. It, to me, it looks G like fuel. a pre-workout. What's what? What's it called? G Fuel. It's an energy formula. It's super healthy. It's uh, it's the whole shebang. It's 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 healthy energy basically. All right, can I pick your brain? Not, and, 
Yeah. I can't pick your brain. And honestly, if you need me to cut this part out of the podcast, I will. Yeah. Okay. One, are you sponsored by them? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) We should be though. You guys, you talk about it so much that at a point I'm like, he's he's like, there's paying him something for doing this. Right. Uh, uh, it was so fun. how where did that start? Like how do you like, why that product? Why those videos with said product? Like where where how that all come up? G Fuel kind of started. Uh, I I was living uh, in Duncan still. Do you know uh, what Duncan is? Yeah, yeah. I was living in Duncan still. This was when I was going to Iowa Central, and uh, I wanted to hang out with Jacob more because he was a good friend of Ian's, and uh, I thought the dude was hilarious, and I love being around funny people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, hey, man, we got to hang out more. We got to, uh, you know, do things together. Um, I'm sorry, Mikey. I have got to go to the bathroom so bad. I need to go to the bathroom, too. Um, All right. Okay, continue the thought, though. Uh, not continue, but remember the thought. So we're talking about what? Jacob. Yeah, Jacob I, guess I, can, I guess I can finish the story real quick. Uh, uh, I was... hey, we can go to the bathroom. Think, think of the story. We'll both go to the bathroom, and then we'll come back when it's fresh. Fair enough. Okay. Because I, I can, I can cut it, make it look all nice. Okay. Because yeah, I need to go too. Bad. Mikey's not here right now, guys. But I have finished Angry Orchard. I don't really know if I should open Dosakis. I don't know if this is gonna make it in the video or not. But just letting you guys know. What is that I see? What did you bring here? Um, this is not a cool craft beer. I still actually need to finish my first glass, but this is a uh, superior light beer infusion with lime and pickly okay. pear cactus Michelob Ultra. Cactus. Michelob Ultra. Hell yeah. So, um, not the biggest fan of it, but I am trying to diet once again because I have a wedding coming up in a year mm-hmm. and I need to get rid of my beer gut. So, yeah. All right. So back to Jacob. Uh, I think it was, uh, one day, one day I was working, uh, outside in the greenhouse for hy and I think we had made plans to hang out for the first time. And, um, we, uh, I don't know if this was the first time or not. We, uh, we'd made plans because he'd gotten a new G fuel flavor. And I was like, shit, man, I've never had G Fuel before. I mean, it sounds kind of good. I mean, you drink it all the time, and I hear a lot about it. Oof. Um, he uh, he said, yeah, come over after work and whatnot. So I came over after work, and I tried the G Fuel. And then uh, it kind of hit me in my head. I was like, whoa, we could actually kind of make something out of this. He's got a bunch of flavors in the cupboard. He's got like, oh, I don't know, 12 plus flavors that we could, you know, mix and shit like that. And I kind of got the idea from uh, Good Mythical Morning. Good Mythical Morning. Oh, uh, I love I love GMM. Yeah. Yeah. They do all sorts of weird shit on that channel. And they do all sorts of taste testing. I was like, oh, we could do something kind of like that. Josh, dude, I feel bad that we did not stay connected better. We like a lot of the same things. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Um, but I was like, oh, will it G Fuel? That, that kind of has a good sound to it. It sounds like uh, Good Mythical Morning uh, when they're doing their Willet series, except we're only going to do a G Fuel. And we've gotten to 70-something episodes. I hope we can get to 100 someday. He's kind of 
You uh, wait, kinda... you've done 70 episodes of rating this G Fuel product? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they haven't messaged you or emailed you or anything yet? Yeah, man. We were hoping dude, at episode one hundred we could kind of reach out to him, but right? we haven't like, make, there spread yet. it, dude. I'll retweet it. Send me it. I'll share it. Yeah. I, whoever yeah. is the marketing person for these G Fuel people, you have two dudes who've been grinding your product for years now, and you're not going to give them the slightest bit <laughs> of a shout out. This is bullshit. At least, if, even if you don't want them to talk about your product, pay them to shut up about it. Like, come on. At this point, it's just ridiculous. Uh, to be fair, we we haven't exactly tried to reach out to them. We've tweeted at them. I think episode 50, episode 50 was a big episode for us. We kind of went all out for that one. But uh, the next one we were going to go out for was 100. We were actually going to mix every flavor together. You know, the suicide thing where we mix every flavor. And uh, we were going to do that. But G Fuel really started putting out a lot of flavors that neither one of us was going to be able to afford. So we're just kind of... I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not really sure if he still is. He's kind of slowed down his channel a little bit, just like me. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I have plans to make my channel go further probably next year. Um, back to your question, though, about uh, people that I'd love to collab with or work with, I guess. Uh, as of recently, I've been watching a lot of PC influencers. And uh, there's this guy named Bitwit. And I'm not saying that I want to collab with him. I'm saying that I would like to work for him. He's actually looking for a cameraman and editor right now. And I was like, shit, that's right up my fucking alley. Mm -hmm. And he's only, he only needs one person to do it, man. And I'm about to get this degree. I don't know if uh, my girlfriend would want to move to California or not, but I mean, he's got a million plus subscribers. I'm sure he's getting paid well. So that would be a big... Uh, yeah. Where's he that, at in California, do you know? No idea. Uh, you know what's crazy? Uh, this is completely off topic, but Optic Gaming, I, I, I at one point wanted to collab or work with them. And uh, for a while, Optic Gaming was actually based in Frisco. So I have something else crazy for you. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if you've seen me talk about this in my podcast. I lived down the block from the gearbox studio in my last apartment the what studio gearbox borderlands okay oh so yeah the, the the guys who make borderlands yeah. i'm actually friends with uh one of the uh directors of it um his name is also mike he's a absolutely great guy he's he's super cool i hope to have him on the podcast soon but it was one of those like when i found out it was i i because at the bottom of the company they have a bar and a uh a coffee shop called nerd bana and mm-hmm. it's and the bar spot is kind of like your typical uh video game bar but instead of being arcade it's like there's a playstation at every booth or an xbox or a nintendo whatever it is and i remember i went to go get coffee one time and they had a and I, I could tell the whole thing was video game themed, but they had a bunch of Borderlands stuff everywhere. And I was like, why is so much Borderlands stuff here? And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, this is the Gearbox studio. They're like, they're right above us. Like, this is where you're at. I'm like, that's fucking sick. And Mike, the, the, cool. um, the director I was telling you about, him and I would go to the same bar that was down the block from there. And I remember one time we were playing, they had a bunch of like uh, games in the upstairs uh, area of the bar where there's like you know buck hunter and the golf game or whatever and the golf mm-hmm. game the thing wasn't working right and 
I apparently he just all he did he says he just restarted it. But from my vision, all I saw was all of a sudden he's messing with it and a bunch of code shows up on the screen and he's like clicking buttons and the codes can be messed with. And I'm like, wait, is he reprogramming <laughs> the golf game right at the bar? Uh, he wasn't. Awesome. He did just restart it, but it was uh, I, it, it was really funny. That's pretty cool. Um, I know that some of the original Optic guys are still based in Frisco. The original owner of Optic, he actually uh, moved teams to uh, a team called NRG. And uh, he still lives in Frisco, and his office is still in Frisco. And so I, I envy you for living there. I was like, shit, I'd love to go. Hey, dude, if you're ever looking for a, a vacation with a free place to stay, you're welcome to come down. Hell yeah. I encourage it. Dude, Frisco is a cool spot where I'm at. Because um, it's it's still Dallas. It's just like a, the suburb just north of Dallas. But it's it's just yeah. cities up until getting into downtown Dallas. It's, and from where I live now, it's like a – 25 30 minute drive to get to downtown dallas give or take and okay. it's crazy man it's crazy living somewhere where there's so many celebrities and famous people yeah um, th- because cool. like it's within a year i've ran into i can't i can't even tell you how many different dallas players that i've seen um dude perfect they're out this way too so they, yo that is amazing they, they, what <laughs> they, they go they come they come to my theater um, same with the Dallas players. Actually, our, our location is only a mile away from the Dallas uh, training center. So a bunch of the Dallas players come just to our, our theater. Not a mile away, like eight miles away, sorry, eight, eight or ten miles away. But I'm obviously I work in management. And so I, I can't like get a picture or freak out when these famous people show up. And when my right. employees freak out, I have to look at the one employee who doesn't recognize who it is. Like I had this uh, server one time who I forget it was a linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys came in. And all the mail servers were freaking out. And she's just like, wait, who is that? Who is it? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You don't know who it is? She goes, no, I don't. I'm like, great. You get to serve them. Because obviously, like, I, it's one of those things. Uh, um, I get in trouble for this. At our Albuquerque location for my company, Dave Batista mm-hmm. came to see a movie. And the manager did not oh. let him in because he was late to the movie. Yeah. Like, the manager stopped oh. Dave Batista from seeing a movie because he was late. <laughs> it was like a career suicide they i like yeah oh man so yeah and with how many celebrities come into our store i'm always like no i'm not gonna freak out i'm just gonna treat them like a normal person i'm gonna keep anyone who is gonna freak out make a scene away from them and go from there so you've never actually freaked out over seeing a celebrity mm-hmm. i haven't gotten a picture or anything i met a I met John Hader when I worked in Des Moines. Um, I think I'm saying that his name right. He's Napoleon Dynamite. I, I met him uh, when I worked in the Des Moines store. Uh, it's weird, man. It's weird seeing someone that famous. That's freaking awesome. You should, uh, you should definitely look out. Uh, you're not going to know who he is. But sometime uh, after this podcast, look up a guy uh, on YouTube named Hex. H-E-C-Z um he definitely he lives in frisco so i wouldn't be surprised if you came across him someday so but that's crazy that you've gotten to see uh dude i love dude perfect i they're also a big influencer for me when i was doing my uh my video game uh, trivias optic gaming was my first influencer but the scoreboard that i i began uh utilizing for the the trivia videos came from dude perfect yeah it came from dude perfect's uh um all all sports golf battles so if you go and look at their all sports golf battles uh scoreboard it's basically almost identical to mine i had to build mine in photoshop like from ground up 
but I tried to mimic theirs and yeah, I love dude. Perfect. <laughs> well, I also, um, and we don't have to do it within the podcast. I'll talk to you afterwards, but I wanted to con- kind of connect you on like how you do those certain things. And, um, obviously I want to talk to you about collaborating on other projects because it's amazing talking to someone else who's a creator, obviously. Yeah. But no, dude, it's, it's Frisco is a crazy town. Obviously you've, you've been to Ankeny before, right? In Iowa. Yeah. I was Frisco is just like Ankeny in so yeah. many ways. Cause it, the big thing is it's a new place that it's awesome. It's also my only gripe really against where I live is that there's no real built in culture here because everything's so new. So it's all flat and it's all new businesses. It's all, it's all walls and businesses is what we like to say. Cause there's no like, Oh, that's the street where this and this happened. And there's the, Oh yeah, that crazy thing. No dude, it's straight up. Like you drive out like three miles to my right or to my left. And people are like, yeah, two years ago, that was just a cornfield and a liquor store. And now it's, you know, a hubbing sub of restaurants and bars. It's, it's cool because it's growing so fast and it's great to see so many people moving here. But vice versa, it's also like there's no culture here quite yet. Um, right. Something I was going to bring up uh, based on what you were talking about with uh, moving for um, potentially getting a position with uh, – what was his name again? I'm sorry. Bitwit. It's not Bitwit. confirmed that I'm ever going to get I know, I know. But it's the, just the idea. Uh, I have, I have a, a similar interest actually. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan just moved to Austin, which is about three hours oh, away from me. Joe Rogan, the podcast. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Well, even more so than not even more so, his podcast is definitely the thing he's most famous for at this point. But he's also a huge stand up comedian. Stand up's like his major thing. And when mm-hmm. it comes to career wise, that's truly what I want to pursue. Um, and I, I'd be happy just getting a part time job in it at this point. But stand up has always been my love. And he's trying to make Austin a new hub for stand up comedians to come to. And I, it was, really? I seriously almost cried when I heard it. I was just like, dude, they're right there. And it's one of those things like if you're like uh, if you're a stand up you make you make podcasts if you're a podcaster you go into stand up it's uh it, it is what it is. I don't know if you know this, but Joe Rogan is actually uh, the main commentator for every big UFC event. So I was actually going to bring that up because you kept bringing it home. Do you like UFC? So yeah, I I, love I, I dabble. I'm not the biggest. I'm not like super headstrong to it, but I I understand the the basics of names and stuff like that. Where yeah. when did that start? When did your love for UFC start? Um, a couple of years ago, actually, uh, I don't know why, but WWE was just starting to get a little too fake for me. And Mm. it's always fake. Of course. I mean, I knew that, but, uh, and I love how entertaining it was around the time, but (laughs) there was so many new names and I was like, okay, I got to get into like a sport that, you know, is pretty popular, but I don't want it to be, uh, rigged, you know? So, and football's great, okay? I like watching football. It's all right. But I wanted to stay within fighting, you know? I don't know. And here's another thing that drove me into UFC. Conor freaking McGregor, dude. That dude has the biggest mouth, let me tell you. He – and it's great. He's extremely entertaining to watch. Uh, Conor McGregor got me really interested into the UFC. And ever since I started watching his uh, – his, um, Gosh, I felt like someone was behind me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it was weird. You freaked me out for a second. Like, whoa, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Uh, ever since I uh, watched uh, Conor McGregor interviews and uh, press conference videos and his fights, of course, too, 
I was just addicted. I was like, oh man, I gotta see what I gotta see what else is mm-hmm. within this UFC universe. And there's different weight classes and different champions, and all these champions belong to a weight class. And I was like, okay, I can get on board with this. It's pretty cool. Who did he? Uh, and I feel bad because I'm obviously I'm not well versed in fighters. Uh, who did he fight in his boxing match? Floyd box Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. I was yeah. so fucking pissed. I got so pissed because, like, one, he decided to jump into the other guy's sport. Yeah. And then he got, like, ridiculed for it. And I'm like, dude, he, he lasted that many rounds. And plus, Floyd does what Floyd does best, from what yeah. I've gathered. And that's that he talks a lot of shit. And then he doesn't really throw punches. He just, he's just strategic. He knows when to blow, when to block, to get points on the board, not necessarily do damage. Yeah. And that's not how that's not how uh, McGregor plays it, man. McGregor is just a fucking animal. He's in his cage. McGregor likes to end it early, and that's what he tried doing. And when you try that, you're gonna run out of energy. Yeah, in boxing for sure. Because yeah. like in, in obviously in MMA, you have a million other tactics that you could do, right. but you can't necessarily play on like his like you know punching and grappling. McGregor is a beast at right. I mean, you're more of a fan than I am, but. I've gathered he's he's a striker. Uh, he's not good on the ground, but I mean the okay. dude's left hand is a cannon. So okay, that does surprise me then, because I I for some reason thought that he was more into the the grapples and not necessarily into striking. But then that should give him more of a strength in boxing. Then correct, yeah, he is a boxer at heart, and it's kind of weird that uh, that fight went the way it did. Uh, I think um, if he had tried a little bit harder uh in those first few rounds he could have had something on floyd but uh i just don't know if he threw enough punches to be honest also who uh who do you who's the russian guy he fought against that was khabib Nurmagomedov. yeah i saw that fight khabib is uh he's a grappler from another world um he he's insane uh he's still the champion right now and no one he's if you didn't know this he's 28 no in the ufc which is wow fucking impossible for everybody else it's it's unbelievable and i don't know if he's ever going to be beat uh khabib is an insane grappler i don't think he's the greatest striker but i mean clearly you just had one on connor that night if you can get some if you can get connor to the ground you could probably beat him by submitting him and he's been submitted once by nate diaz he could be submitted again by by khabib and i think he knew that hmm I remember I was at, uh, like, I think I was at B-dubs when that fight happened, and it, like, fucking shit went wild. Especially, like, when the big riots started, like, after the fight, when everyone in the crowd there started fighting, everyone around me started, like, ah, started yelling and pushing each other. Like, oh, I need to get out. This is, this is nuts. Yeah. that I mean, it was a big fight. I can't, yeah, I completely forgot that happened. That was, uh, that was kind of crazy that that happened right after the fight, and uh, both fighters got in trouble. I don't know why Connor got in trouble, to be honest, but he was a big influencer. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit here, and I'm gonna tie in both our worlds because I'm clearly not much of a sports guy. I, I do like football. I don't keep up with it as much as I should. Um, same with baseball. I like it. Like I have a favorite team, but I don't keep up with it as good as I should. Basically, the only sport I'm relatively educated in at this point. And I've talked about in my very early podcast is strongman. I love strongman as a sport, but now coming up in just in a little less than a year now, 
there is going to be the heaviest boxing match in history between Thor Borenson, who played the Mountain on Game of Thrones, and Eddie Hall, who is one of my personal favorite strongmen. And dude, I am beyond hmm. excited for it. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. I, I don't really get into boxing. I only watched that one boxing match with uh, Connor and Floyd. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. I love MMA, but boxing never really uh, caught my attention. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it, it, they are 100% different sports. There's so many different rules and, and regulations and whatnot. Yeah. Um, if I were to strike your interest in it, though, like there is so much drama behind these two fighting each other. It's mm-hmm. insane. I, I don't know if you watched the podcast where I talked about it, but um, Eddie Hall is the world's strongest man of 2017. So every year they do a new world's strongest man competition that makes a strongest man for that year, right? Right. So he went for 2017, and Thor Borison, who at that time was the mountain on Game of Thrones, so he's really famous. He still is famous. Uh, he had said that he was cheated out of the title, which started a whole bunch of drama. Um, following that, Eddie Hall then went on to winning the uh, world <clears throat> record in deadlift. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with when it comes to workout stuff, but deadlift is when you lift the weight from your shins to your hip. Right. Yeah. And stand up with it. And I want to say he did like a th- 1,102 pounds, give or take, something like that. Holy shit, man. Uh, 500 kilograms. That's the five because they're from Europe. So 500 kilograms. Yeah. And then he retired from strongman and decided to pursue, you know, you know, basically like social media influencer, actor, stuff like that. Next year, the mountain, Thor Borenson, he won World Strongest Man in 2018. And then during quarantine, he has now beaten the deadlift world record by doing 501 kilograms. But when Eddie did it, he did it in an official competition. But when Uh Thor did it, he had like representatives come to his home gym, watch him do it, record it live. And then he beat it. And Eddie's basically saying, no, that's bullshit. And then after he beat the world, that deadlift, the 501, Thor basically called Eddie and said, sign the contract. Let's, let's box. Let's, get this bullshit between us out of the way why box why not like a, a competition of deadlifting well because it i because for some reason i don't know where this when it started but they've always had this talk that like they've had so much bullshit between each other that it has uh-huh. to be like a physical fight and <laughs> and they got a contract they got they both have a 100 million dollar contract to do this fight interesting and now it's huh. going to be the world's heaviest boxing match in history because they weigh so much, they're both strongmen, right? Um, yeah, they yeah. should have they should have uh, heavier gloves for that match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be that could potentially be dangerous. You know what they should do? They should also um, wear some heavy shoes or something. I mean, clearly these guys need to be a little bit more restrained. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, obviously you Wrong you dudes. said you weren't you're not much into like the boxing world, but dude, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if there is one thing for you to you to check out in that realm i'm gonna look into it now that's interesting like hey man hit me up like i would love for us to like be together while we watch it and then like make a video of us just responding to it that'd be crazy sure yeah i'd have to uh do do you know when the fight is no off the top of my head i know it's in less than a year but it's it's close close to a year away so wow okay so it's in the making yeah I mean, they, they're both trained for it hardcore. It's crazy to see them because strong men are just really big fat dudes, basically. Yeah. Because they have to eat so much because they have to lift so much and use so much energy, right? Mm-hmm. But now these 
two dudes who have always been big are turning pretty slender and having abs and more definition because now they're having to get their cardio up and, and all right. the things that come into that. Yeah. Cardio is big when it comes to, are they going to do 12 rounds? Maybe. Shit. That's, that's going to be a grueling fight if their cardio is not up to par with 12 rounds, man. Um, I'm still, I'm like, I'm beyond excited for it, but I, yeah. So here's the thing too. The mountain Thor is like, I want to say he's three or four inches taller than Eddie, maybe more. He's hmm. taller and has longer reach, which goes against Eddie in a lot of ways. But, and I'm not trying to pick a fight with anyone because this guy would kill me. Eddie is less <laughs> of a bitch. So yeah. it's really crazy to see what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some research on this because I'm interested. Dude, I have uh, to honestly, the, uh, the best thing I could advise you to do is just watch three different videos. Okay. okay. Watch when Eddie won the world deadlift championship watch the surroundings he was in how he did it okay then watch uh there is it's like a, i want to say it's like a 10 minute video 20 minute video about the um behind the scenes between the eddie and thor debate of the world starting span 2017 because that basically fills mm-hmm. you in on where their bullshit started and then watch when thor won the world uh the world deadlift record uh mm-hmm. and then how he calls out eddie after it Watch those three videos and you'll basically be, you don't need to watch all the other extra crazy videos out there about it. Just watch those three videos and you have a general idea of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to probably tomorrow now. That's interesting. Well, Josh, I have one more question for you and I think we could wrap up our podcast for tonight. Cause I know we both, okay. been, both been putting it in. So yeah. you've done so many things in regards to making YouTube content. You've done music videos, you've done let's plays, you've done Minecraft challenges uh, you've done your trivia, you've done interviews. What's another project that you haven't touched yet, but you'd be interested in making a project for YouTube? Um, that's a great freaking question, dude. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, it's hard. I like to touch on a lot of things. It's the problem. And I don't know what I haven't touched on that I uh, would want to touch on. Um, definitely uh, product reviews. That's something oh. I'd be interested in doing. Like, uh, like getting uh, all these PC parts. Obviously, I don't want to do a review on every single PC part that I'm throwing in my, my computer. But maybe down the road, if I get a part that I'm upgrading to, I'd, I could re- do a review on it or do a benchmarking towards the product that I had before it. Um, that's something I've had in, in a little interested in. Um, but something that I do want to do more of that I found a lot of success doing on my channel and haven't done it enough is Photoshop time lapses. Mm. Yeah. I've gotten very, very good feedback from two Photoshop time lapses that I've done and they were great videos. I have got to do them more because I thoroughly enjoy what comes out of them at the end of the video. And it's just, there's something, uh, there's something about it that really, uh, something about working for hours on something and watching it unfold in two minutes that's insane to me and I, I got to do it more. 
Yeah, I uh, actually I sort of passed one of your videos when I was doing the research, and I was I was uh, pulled in. I don't remember if I watched that one or not. Like, dude, like uh, not to glow about you too much. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many hours today I've spent reviewing your videos for this podcast tonight. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. just watching different I, videos. Of yours. Um, I am. I'm thrilled to hear that. That is incredible that you're watching that many of my videos. Well, dude, again, it's just great content. It's good stuff, you know? Um, and that's what makes you different than just the average show making videos. I, yeah. Okay, I lied. I have one more question now because it just inspired me. How do you feel about how many people are making content nowadays? How do I feel about it? Yeah, like, are, is it one, do you welcome uh, the quote-unquote competition? Or is it more so like, okay, I feel like it's harder for me to become above the rest because there's so many people in the ranks. So here's how I look at it. Um, that's, I, what you just said right there, that's kind of how I felt when I had classes with uh, my, my colleagues. You know, these guys are my competition, you know. What makes me stand out more than that? What's so special about me? And I have to figure that out. And the biggest thing, of course, I'm welcome to them. It, I, everybody uh, is creative. I mean, if we didn't have these other people, we wouldn't have phenomenal movies like Black Panther or 42, you know? Uh, we wouldn't have great YouTube channels like Good Mythical Morning or I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I have to uh, I have to remember, yes, these are my competition, but I have to learn to appreciate what they're making too and learn from it. I love watching people's videos and learning from what they've done and applying it to my own stuff. So that's uh, that's what I take away from other people's stuff for sure. I don't like to think of them as just by competition. I love to learn from other people's stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a great community to be a part of. And that's I'm indifferent when it really comes to like how many people are doing it because if that's it's selfish of me to take, you know, what a dream, quote unquote. And more so I put this in comparison to me pursuing stand up than I would podcasting. Because mm-hmm. podcasting I really truly feel like it's more of a hobby. It's not really like a, a, a means to make money at some point. While stand up, I would love to able be able to pay my bills off of doing that. Right. That being said, I don't want the benefit of doing that with knowing that people who also had this dream gave up on it because it felt too hard. I love that there's a community. And even if I would never have a career in it, knowing I can be a part of a community of other people who are like me and there's so many of them out there. That's cool to me. That's cool that there's that, that much acceptance out in the world. So yeah, I I get what you're saying. It is at one point it is your competition, but I, at least in my opinion, as long as I say, you know, true to myself, (laughs) And I do what I think is right. And at least I'm interesting in my own words, my own thinking. There's really not nothing else I can do. And if that doesn't pick up, then I'm not going to portray who I am, right? Right. Something I always try and do for every video that I upload. Always make, at least always try and make your next video the best video you've ever made. Better than the last videos you've made. You know, it has to... You have to show improvement in every video that you make. And if you're not, then you're not growing. So I always try and make every video I upload better than the last. I 100% agree with that. And it's a great thing too, because I feel like a lot of people get uh, self-conscious when they first start making content. 
because yeah. they're like, oh, this doesn't look as good or sound as good or this and that. And, and honestly, it doesn't matter. Uh, my best advice, which I shouldn't be able to say because I'm, I'm still pretty new at this, is just start making content. Because yeah. the first video you make, you will make the second video better in some way. And after that second video, you're going to make your third video better in some way. And then yeah. eventually your videos are going to be so good that it all will look worth it when you look back at what you've created. I'm learning that yeah. slowly. Jacob Hedin was a great example of what you just said. Um, before he even started YouTube, he kind of, uh, I don't know if he was inspired by me, but he definitely, uh, he talked to me a lot about uh, what he wanted to do for his channel and how he wanted to start this. And, and I kept saying like, Hey man, you're going to upload your first video sometime soon or you're going to upload it this week or that week. And, you know, he kept putting it off and eventually I told him, I was like, Hey man, you know what you just need to do? You just need to just got to do it. You got to just turn the full camera center, on. You got to turn the camera on and no matter what happens on, on your first shot, just go with it, be yourself. And he eventually got around to doing it. He went, <laughs> I don't know why, but he went and walked by a cornfield for a solid 15 minutes. And uh, that was his first video. And I was like, dude, that's your first video. Now, every video you make after that is going to be something different. And it's going to be something you're proud of because it was better than the last. So that's the goal, right? And it, yeah. the cool thing is too, and I think a lot of people underestimate this, is when you start making content, and we brought this up at the very beginning of the podcast. You start to get to know other people who are also making content and you see what their skill sets are and their strengths are, you know, mm -hmm. like I've already reached out to friends of mine who are, you know, working in graphic design now. Um, I have like my friend Tristan who I had just recorded my last podcast with that hasn't been uploaded yet even. Um, he is wanting to go into audio design and I asked him if he could try to make me like a new, like a, a, audio intro for my thing and now he's working on it and that's like really cool like you could work with those people and then mm -hmm. vice versa i had him on my podcast and i'm plugging in you know his vlog and him and his wife's vlog and it's just great like vice versa like i know we kind of discussed this too like now i have you're on my podcast hopefully we get to do a let's play together whenever we both have the time for it like it's it's so cool because you're regardless if you make money off of this that shouldn't be your goal it should just be yeah. you have fun doing this also, you're going to make a lot of friends along the way. And now I get to reconnect with someone I haven't talked to in like five years. Yeah, this is awesome. Right? Yeah. My original goal for my YouTube channel, uh, and you can, this is, it's, there's proof of me saying this. My original goal was to make memories and I have certainly done that. And I'm very proud and thankful for the memories that I've made on my channel. And Josh, I'm thankful for the memories that you've made me today on our podcast. Thank you so much, sir, for sitting with me, sharing a couple beers, sharing some stories, and sharing some fun facts about this and that. Man, cheers to you. I appreciate all your help. And even if it's just a water, I'll still cheers it. Thank you, Josh, for being on the Battle of Bear podcast today. I ran out of my angry orchard while we had our little pee break. So thanks for having me, man. No problem. Thank you, sir. And I hope to have you on here again soon. Yeah, let's do it again. What does Babble Bear even mean? It means he's an idiot. You're listening to the Babble Bear Podcast, and let's talk about it.